Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Today is March 31st, 2022, and our first story, Vladimir Putin is threatening to shut off gas supplies to Europe unless they open Russian bank accounts and use rubles. Several European nations say no dice and try to call Putin's bluff. We'll see what happens. Russia just conscripted 134,500 people. Putin pulled his family into secure bunkers, it's been reported, and may himself be in a nuclear bunker. So we'll see. In our next story, Joe Biden set to release 180 million barrels of oil, 31% of our strategic petroleum reserve in a shocking move, desperately trying to lower gas prices. In our last story, MSNBC gets roasted for claiming Joe Biden has a low approval rating despite his booming economy. Yes, seriously. Now, if you like the show, give us a good review, leave us five stars and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Vladimir Putin is threatening to turn off Europe's gas supplies tomorrow if these European countries do not pay for oil in rubles. He's saying you got to pay your bills and we ain't taking your euro anymore. Quote, we get nothing free of charge and we're not going to engage in charity either. But it's not charity, right? Giving Russia euro in exchange for oil is buying oil. Russia can then use those euros however they see fit to buy stuff from the European Union. It makes no sense seemingly to demand that Europe just exchange the euros first for ruble, then buy the oil when the same thing is what happens, right? Well, it gets a little bit more complicated. Vladimir Putin isn't just saying we want you to buy rubles first. He's saying you have to open Russian bank accounts. Clearly, this is a response to sanctions from the West. And Russia has already stated that the West has declared total war on Russia. What Putin is trying to do is bolster his financial system by forcing European countries to maintain Russian bank accounts. Now, that's a whole nother story. You got to make your deposits. We got to approve of the monetary exchange first. Strangling out Europe because Russia has powerful control over over what is effectively a gas monopoly in certain areas of Europe or the control of a large amount of the supply. They got Nord Stream 2. They've also got Gazprom running through Ukraine and Europe is fairly dependent. But several European nations are recoiling from this. Boris Johnson saying it's not going to happen. Germany, Germany's ec- uh, economic minister, Robert Habeck, has said this is blackmail. 
you know what? I find it funny that anyone would think they're entitled to any, anything from anyone else, especially when Vladimir Putin has been acting the way he's been acting. Now, there are fears that cutting off gas to Europe could escalate conflict. I mean, you get a bunch of desperate, hungry people in the street with $20 a gallon gas and no food. Well, you're going to see the leaders of these European uh, Union states agitated and worried. You remember what happened with the Yellow Jackets protesters in France? They raised the cost of petrol by a few cents and people protested and rioted for like a year and a half. What happens when Russia shuts off the the supply and now costs don't just go through the roof? uh, Supplies are gone. Well, these people are going to riot and they're going to call for action. And angry people are dangerous people. But at the same time as all of this, Joe Biden is stating to a group of reporters, it does not seem like Vladimir Putin is actually taking his troops out of Ukraine like like has been reported. And other outlets are now reporting it looks like he's just restocking and resupplying his troops, which seems to make sense, especially as we're learning that Russia is conscripting 134,500 people. Now, of course, they're saying these people that we're drafting are not going to be going to Ukraine. Sure. These conscript, uh, cons- the conscripted in Russia may just be used for defending Russia's borders as Vladimir Putin flees reportedly to a nuclear bunker and escalates the conflict with the rest of Europe. It's entirely possible that Russia is gearing up for a major international conflict. 134,000 conscripts. Some in the U.S. are worried about a U.S. draft. I tell you this, if World War III starts, there will be a draft because we're already hearing from Breitbart that the army is reducing its goals, its recruitment goals, because they can't seem to get anybody to join. I wonder why. I wonder why people don't want to be in the armed forces right now. Well, as war seems to be on the horizon, I doubt people will enlist voluntarily. If we're talking about World War III, Vladimir Putin is already taking, man, he's already taking preemptive actions, which suggests we may not be prepared. We got a strong military. We got a massive budget and we control one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful Navy and Air Force on the planet. But do we have the people? Are Are the American people demoralized from the culture war? I think that's one of the reasons people don't want to join the military. Let's let's take a look at what Vladimir Putin is doing and what might happen and what they're saying in Europe. But before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support our work. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive episodes of the TimCast IRL podcast Monday through Thursday at 8 p.m. on TimCast.com. And you're also helping to keep all of our work moving. We support all of our journalists. They're employed thanks to all of you as members. So it's not just about saying you like the work, it's about the movement effectively. As a member, you know, there's only so much you'll actually get for that 10 bucks a month, but you're contributing to the expansion of this business and you are helping make sure that the work we do carries on. If you really believe in that, I implore you, I ask you, become members, help us do more. We want to we wanna make movies and short films and documentaries, and we also need the manpower to do it. But don't forget to also smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share this video right now wherever you can. If every single person shared this, we would dominate. CNN, we'd have way more ratings than all of these cable networks combined if everyone who watched shared. That being said, let's read this story from the Daily Mail. Putin threatens to turn off Europe's gas supplies tomorrow. The Russian president 
announcing a decree in televised remarks said foreign buyers would have to open ruble accounts in Russian banks, which can be used to pay for gas delivered starting from tomorrow. If such payments are not made, we will consider this a default on the part of buyers. With all the ensuing consequences, nobody sells us anything for free and we're not going to do charity either. That is, existing contracts will be stopped. Putin said last week that Moscow would only accept rubles as payment from unfriendly countries in retaliation for sanctions imposed over over his invasion of Ukraine as he seeks to boost the Russian economy and deepen the European energy crisis. And uh, it's working. Did, did, did people seriously think that we could snap our fingers and shut down the bear? Russia may not be a superpower or global powerhouse, but they are powerful enough to destabilize the world. A Kremlin decree sets out that contracts will be stopped if buyers do not sign up to the new conditions, including opening ruble accounts in Russian banks. The buyers can still pay in foreign currency and authorize the bank to sell that for rubles, which are placed in the second account where the gas is formally purchased. And that's the important point. It's not about people just buying in rubles. What Putin wants is the financial infrastructure of the Russian banking system to be propped up by European investment. He's saying we got sanctioned. Well, if you want your gas, you better open up these accounts, effectively forcing them effectively forcing a bypass of these sanctions. But German economy minister Robert Habeck today rejected the Russian president's latest demands as an unacceptable breach of contract, adding that the maneuver amounted to blackmail and that he had not yet seen a new decree signed by Putin mandating gas payments in rubles. Separately, Chancellor Olaf Scholz said German companies would continue to pay for Russian gas using euros as stipulated in contracts by all means. It remains the case that companies companies want, can, and will pay in euros, he told a joint news conference with his Austrian counterpart, Karl Nehammer. A spokesperson for British Prime Minister Boris Johnson said today that companies do not plan to pay for Russian gas in rubles, adding that the government was monitoring the implications for the European market of President Putin's demand. Asked if there are any circumstances in which Britain would pay in rubles for Russian gas, the spokesman said that is not something we will be looking to do. Quote, there are no gas pipes directly linking the UK with Russia. Our imports from Russia made up less than 4% of total US gas supply in 2021. So we are obviously less reliant on it than many, many of our European partners. The spokesperson added last week's announcement had the immediate effect of pushing up gas prices in the UK and on the continent, deepening the ongoing energy crisis in Europe, which relies on Russia for 40% of total consumption, but settles its mo- settles most of its existing contracts in euros and dollars. According to Gazprom, 58% of its sales of natural gas to Europe and other countries as of January 27th were settled in euros. U.S. dollars accounted for about 39% of gross sales and sterling accounted for three. Putin said last week that the switch was meant to strengthen Russia's, Russia's sovereignty, though it has also helped shore up the currency and economy and insisted that Moscow would stick to its obligations on all contracts. It is understood Putin's decree will only cover payments on deliveries that are due after April 1st, with installments of cash due in the second half of April and others in May. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? 
They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. And what's going to happen if the gas gets cut off? I don't know if it will. For all we know, these European countries buckle. Who do you think breaks first? Germany or Russia? I got to be honest, my friends. I don't think Vladimir Putin's going to back down. This dude is a mad dog. He wants what he believes he is owed. And he's not going to back down. And I believe that Russia views this as an existential threat. I mean, already they called it total war. This is from March 25th. Kremlin, Kremlin official says the West has declared total war on Russia. You think they're going to back down? They're drafting 134,500 people. No, they're gearing up for war, man. Yahoo News reports. President Vladimir Putin on Thursday signed a decree ordering 134,500 new conscripts into the army as part of Russia's annual spring draft. But the defense ministry said the call-up had nothing to do with the war in Ukraine. The order came five weeks into Russia's invasion, which has run into fierce Ukrainian resistance. Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu said on, th on Tuesday that none of those called up would be sent to any hotspots. No, no, no. But the current people, the current enlistees, commissioned officers and conscripts will be. You see, you don't want to come out and say, we're drafting everybody and off to Ukraine you go because people are going to be demoralized. No, what you do is you say, welcome to the war front, but you're not going to be going to Ukraine's actual war front. You're in the war. You're in the military. Yeah, just stay here and operate this base in Moscow, in, uh, you know, these, these key areas within the nation. In the event that war comes, they'll need personnel operating their domestic defense systems. And that frees up the rest of the military for war and excursions. The issue of conscripts' involvement in the war is highly sensitive. On March 9th, the defense ministry acknowledged that some had been sent to Ukraine after Putin had denied this on various occasions, saying only professional soldiers and officers had been sent in. Putin's spokesman said at the time that the president had ordered military prosecutors to investigate and punish the officials responsible for disobeying his instructions to exclude conscripts. The reason why you don't want drafted people doing foreign, foreign excursions, they they're demoralized people and they surrender right away and flee. If they don't want to be in the military and then someone comes like, I don't want to fight you. I never wanted to. But if uh, I'll put it this way, would I fight in a war for the United States? The answer is 100 percent. Yes. But the conditions are the U.S. gets invaded. I'm certainly too old to be involved in any kind of real uh, military at this point, though I have uh, some experience in conflict. You don't want me involved in any kind of actual theater of war for the most part. Who am I? Some random dude who has nowhere near the capabilities of your of your average soldier. But 
If someone invaded the U.S., yeah, they'd toss me a weapon and say, defend your home. And I'd probably say, okay. If someone tried to force me to go to Ukraine, yeah, it ain't happening. Same thing is true in Russia. They can use conscripted troops to defend the country. The annual spring military draft, which runs from April 1st to July 15th, will affect Russian men between the ages of 18 and 27. Shoigu said on Tuesday that those called up would begin to be dispatched to their assigned bases in late May. Most military personnel will undergo professional training in training centers for three to five months. Let me emphasize that recruits will not be sent to any hotspots. However, Mikhail Benyash, a lawyer representing several members of Russia's National Guard who refused an order to go into Ukraine, said that under Russian law, conscripts could be sent to fight after several months of training. Russia invaded Ukraine on the 24th. This we get. So perhaps is all about their plans for war. From metro.co.uk. Putin and high command hiding in bunkers amid fears of nuclear war. I did cover the story when the news was initially reported that uh, um, Russia's nuclear command is hiding in bunkers. There was an announcement that they're going to be pulling their troops back from Kiev. Sounds an awful lot like a lot like they're gearing up for a, uh, a missile strike of some sort. Putin also, it had been reported on March 1st, moved family members to Siberian underground city designed to survive a nuclear war, says Russian professor, who also claimed Vladimir is suffering from a secret illness. Well, I don't know if he's suffering from any kind of secret illness, but we have seen several reports about these Gazprom uh, resorts in the Altai Mountains with uh, apparently an underground city. Perhaps. I don't know for sure. I don't know what, uh, what Russia's got, what Russia, what Russia doesn't have. And this is just one professor, a political scientist, scientist and former pro professor in Moscow. If Vladimir Putin moved his family members underground, then he fled underground. Then he pulled his troops back. Now he's conscripting 134,500 new people and threatening to cut off gas. Yo, I think Putin is saying war is coming. And y'all better pay attention. NATO seems to be gearing up as well, sending more troops to Eastern Europe and staging war games in Norway. It's a powder keg, man. It is a powder keg. Just today, we got the new report from CNBC, U.S. sanctions global network of firms helping the Russian military evade export controls. The U.S. announced sanctions on a global network of shell companies that are helping the Russian military evade multilateral bans on the sale of advanced technology to Moscow. The Treasury Department also imposed restrictions on four technology companies that supply the Russian military with microelectronics, navigation equipment, and satellite imaging software. Additionally, the U.S. sanctioned the Kremlin government agency responsible for developing and deploying the notorious Triton cyber attack malware, along with several of its leaders. At the center of the network is Cernia Engineering, a Moscow-based company that the Biden administration said operates under the direction of Russian intelligence services. From there, the sprawling group of companies extends outward to include defense procurement firms, middlemen, and front companies located in the UK, Spain, Finland, Singapore, Malta, and France. The US put export controls in place at the start of Russia's unprovoked invasion of Ukraine in late February. The restrictions work in concert with nearly identical export bans that are being enforced by the European Union, Japan, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, Britain, and South Korea. Treasury also announced fresh sanctions Thursday on four technology companies that supply the Russian military with microelectronics. One of them, Micron, is also Russia's largest chip maker. The company is responsible for the debit card chips in Russia's domestic payment system, Mir, which was developed in response to previous Western sanctions. Do you think Putin is just going to be like, well, guess I'll lose. 
Or do you think he will take every opportunity to shore up his defenses, strengthen his economy and fight back? Putin is no uh, is not a scared and timid individual. He is a ruthless man who will not back down. They started they started uh, reporting that Vladimir Putin was pulling his troops back. Newsweek reports Ukraine war, Russia's withdrawal may foreshadow major new offensives. Now we're learning that they weren't just pulling back. In fact, they're probably resupplying. USA Today reports Russia's pulling back to resupply. U.S. says expect even more suffering in Ukraine, NATO chief warns. The Pentagon believes that the Russians are pulling back to get resupplied, not to wind down the war, said the official who was not authorized to speak publicly about intelligence assessments. As evidence of that, the officials pointed to continued airstrikes and shelling of Kiev by Russian troops. The officials spoke to reporters hours after NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg provided the same assessment in a briefing in Brussels. Stoltenberg also pledged that NATO will will supply Ukraine with weapons for uh, for its death grip struggle against Russia's invasion for as long as necessary. Here's another question. Do you think Vladimir Putin is sitting back as we just give him give all these weapons to Ukraine and is like they're not going to war against us? Shelby Talcott reports President Biden returning to answer a question about Russia. Ukraine says there's no clear evidence that Russian troops are fully leaving Ukraine. I'm a little skeptical, he added. Well, things aren't going so well for us over here on this front. Vladimir Putin seems to be ramping thing, things up, gearing up for some serious conflict and escalation, and the U.S. is imploding. Breitbart reports, Army reducing its numbers in the face of recruiting difficulties. The Army this week admitted it was having problems recruiting and announced an unprecedented reduction in its numbers that would shrink the active duty Army to its smallest size since World War II. I wonder why. I wonder why nobody wants to join the army, even with the economy being so miserable. Could it be y'all gone woke? Nobody wants to join that? I'm not surprised. We're facing, obviously, some challenging conditions in terms of our ability to recruit and attract talent. Undersecretary of the Army Gabe Camarillo said at a press conference on Monday, Camarillo blamed a very tight labor market for the army's recruiting woes. Wrong. That's BS. When economies get bad, Army uh, military service is a guaranteed job. What we're what what we're just seeing is given the particular conditions of a very tight labor market, our ability to meet all of our projected recruiting goals were a little bit challenged in fiscal year 22 and 23. He said Camarillo said the army's end uh, army's end strength or total number of forces would go from 485,000 soldiers currently to 476,000 in fiscal year 2022 which ends in September, and further down to 473,000 in fiscal year 2023. He said the army decided on reducing its recruitment goals instead of lowering standards. We made the assessment that we would not want to adjust our specific criteria for quality. And so we made the decision to just temporarily reduce end strength as opposed to lowering our standards. And you know Russia can see it. So what's the end result here? You think Russia's going to back down? Vladimir Putin's going to be like... I should retreat. Or do you think he's looking at the U.S. and saying they're in disarray? Now is the time to strike. Vlad- uh, 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 Joe Biden is out of his gourd. Now is Vladimir Putin's opportunity. He added the army hope to build back its numbers over the next five years. Retired Army Lieutenant General Thomas Spower, director of the Heritage Foundation Center for National Defense, called the situation unprecedented. The army has not faced such recruiting headwinds in the last 30 years. I am unaware of a situation where the army has cut its end strength in response to a negative recruiting outlook. 
Spower also attributed the decision to the Biden administration keeping the army budget below inflation. If the Biden administration was not holding the army's budget below the level of inflation, I am not sure they would have had to resort to cutting their end strength. Yeah, nobody wants to admit it. Inflation is likely in the double digits and they're lying. They're keeping interest rates down because nobody wants to admit it. They don't want panic. And we're headed for some kind of absolute crisis. Man, inflation is through the roof. Food costs, fuel prices, it all just keeps getting worse. But rest, rest assured, our priorities here in the United States are woke military. People don't want to enlist. And the State Department will offer X gender marker for U.S. passports. Yo, I think this country is imploding. It's going to burn down. I want to tell you something about young men joining the military. Why do people do things? Anything. Why does someone get up every day? Typically, it is to thrive, to live. But why, why are people taking certain jobs and striving? Why would someone want to join the army? It's for an idea. It's for purpose. When people feel they have no purpose or there's no benefit to any kind of mission, they don't engage in it. They become depressed and they stop looking for work. The army isn't supposed to be just a job. You're not supposed to enlist in the U.S. armed forces of any branch because you're like, needed a paycheck. A lot of people do, though. And that is the mistake made by the U.S. armed forces. What we needed was to inspire people to be something more, to join something bigger than themselves. For a long time, we did. We've lost that. I'm sure there are a lot of people who enlisted because they, they thought they wanted to serve a purpose and a mission. But if the army is coming out right now and saying, yeah, it's a tight labor market, so... What they're really saying is they treat joining the military as a job. Well, I can find a lot of jobs that require a four-year commitment. But can you find a mission? That's what people want. And the army isn't offering that anymore. If you had a sufficiently ideological military, you'd have everyone begging to join. If you were fighting for a noble cause that people believed in. This is what you get with um, globalism or, or, or international culture or multiculturalism. There's no unifying principles. They can't espouse any singular principle because it would alienate one group. So they just go for nothing. It's work. Come get a job. Sign away your life for four years for a job, but not even a good one at that. Who's going to do that? Nah, you can go work at any company you want and quit whenever you feel like it. Of course, some jobs have contracts, but it looks like the conflict may be spreading quite a bit past just Europe. As we know, China has been a major threat to the United States for some time, and it seems to be getting worse. At, a worst possi- at the worst possible time, everything seems to be falling apart. The-, the Daily Mail reports China paves the way for its first military foothold in the South Pacific as it agrees to security pact with the Solomon Islands, sparking fears in Australia and in the U.S. Secret alliance will allow Beijing to put warships within 1,000 miles of Australia. Chinese armed police and military personnel will station on Oceania Islands. In return, Beijing will protect the Solomon Islands government if requested. Key shipping route between U.S. and Australia can also be blocked. Leader of Micronesia Islands sent plea to end grave and unprecedented pact. Here it comes, baby. The Solomon Islands, just off the, uh, well, in a similar region. It's a thousand miles from Australia. Australia, the U.S., and the U.K., and I believe France, already have a Pacific defensive pact. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. 
behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. So this is an alarming precedent. Now, many of you may say, I, I can't think about war. What does this have to do with me? Don't worry. Don't worry. It does. Fed key inflation gauge hits 6.4%, the highest in 40 years as soaring gas and food prices force families to cut back on spending. The PCE index soared 6.4% in the, la- in the 12 months through February. Alternative measure of inflation is the one the Fed prefers to track prices. Consumer spending slowed significantly last month amid rising prices. Soaring gas and food prices are forcing consumers to cut back on other spending. From Fox Business, chicken breast, ground beef, pork prices set to surge higher. Analysts say the cost of pricier meat cuts should level out this year. Well, your food will be more expensive. Your gas will be more expensive. And all of these could create runaway inflation. When one item gets too expensive, everyone deserves, everyone demands a raise. And then because everyone gets a raise, fuel becomes more expensive. And then you get runaway hyperinflation. And then, hey, maybe war. In Europe, Vladimir Putin could shut off gas. And hungry people are angry people. War. In the United States, that, of course, will impact the prices here and fuel here. And hungry people are angry people. This could be global destabilization. You'll feel it in your pocket. And you can thank Joe Biden. Joe Biden is the one who, 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 who all of this foreign policy is on Joe Biden. The sanctions didn't do anything. Russia just said, OK, in response to your sanctions, we're going to strike back with economics. And now it's worse than it was before. The ruble is back to normal and it's the U.S. that's suffering. Biden's policies have done nothing to deter Vladimir Putin. It's funny when these leftists on Twitter are like, Joe Biden is presiding over a booming economy and staving off World War III. They seriously believe that. I don't know about you, man, but I can see it. We run a business. We have a lot of expenses, a lot of costs. We can see the prices going up. It's getting scary. The impact of a TimCast.com membership doesn't go nearly as far as it did a year ago, though we are eternally grateful for everybody who are members, who have signed up. We can see it, man. I can see it in staffing costs. I can see it in cost of living. I can see it in food. We've got to consider all of these things as we try to grow the business. I go to the grocery store and I can see it. I hope it doesn't get worse, but my friends, it just seems to be. Maybe Putin will pull his troops back. Maybe he is winning. Maybe Zelensky is, is, is willing to give in and give up Donbass and Crimea. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like this is just going to be drawn out into some great... Uh, greater and greater conflict. So what have you prepared for? If fuel is going to go through the roof, I'd recommend, you know, emergency food, as I often have. You should probably buy stuff that uh, won't expire for some time. And if you buy the food now, not like at a supermarket rushing out panicking, just, you know, legitimate emergency supplies. Maybe it'll be nothing. Did the culture war turn out to be nothing? No, the culture war got crazy. People got shot and killed. Maybe the most of what we'll see is what's happening now in Ukraine. Maybe there will be some NATO clashes and some flybys and some skirmishes, but it never escalates to that point. I certainly hope, at the very least, that's the worst of it. But I can't tell you for sure because I just don't know. What I do know is that any smart person, 
is taking action right now to shore up their defenses at home, whatever that means. I think it means moving out of cities. You should have moved out of cities a long time ago. I think it means stocking up on emergency supplies like first aid kits, uh, water and food. I think it means accepting the reality that the dollar could tank. Most people don't even have the ability to invest in anything other than dollars. You got a couple hundred hundred dollars in the bank because you're living paycheck to paycheck. What do you even do? I'll tell you what rich people are doing. They're buying houses. They're buying things people absolutely need. But I can let you in on a secret too. What does it mean to own property? Nothing. Nothing. All of these wealthy individuals who own big property, myself included, if it really hit the fan, do you think you're going to own that land? No. Your piece of paper is meaningless. Your piece of paper today is only backed up by the cops who are willing to enforce it. And sometimes they won't even do that. Scruples, I guess. People unwilling to, to, to infringe upon your rights. But some are willing to do so. If there is some rich person who owns houses in multiple cities, and then chaos erupts, international war or civil war, you don't own those houses anymore. They'll be reclaimed by whoever's living in them, and they're going to say, get out of here. You can't do anything about it. Those lines have been severed. So it's meaningless. But hey, it may be better than holding on to U.S. dollars to the dollar tanks. But perhaps there was someone who knew. Someone who could tell us what was going to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you one of the funniest stories I've seen yet. End of days, Nostradamus made chilling prediction of World War III in 2023 after correctly foreseeing Ukraine conflict this year. Spare me the U.S. son. I don't buy it. There's no evidence he said anything about anything. Nostradamus, it's just silly, but this is why I would like to wrap up on silly. If this is the best they have to offer in terms of definitive statements on war, okay, I'm fairly confident we're going to be all right. We'll throw a pizza in the oven, and I think we've got uh, much less to worry about. According to the interpretation of his prophecies, he suggested the prospects of a third world war. Nostradamus wrote, seven months of the great war, people dead of evil doing, Rowan, Evro shall not fall to the king. Get out of here talking about France. They, what, what are they even talking about? The French city of Rowan, however you pronounce it, sits 20, 125 miles from Calais. It would appear that not all places would be directly affected. You know what they did here? They found a quote from Nostradamus about war and applied it to today. That's what they do every single time. You don't know what year this has a reference to. It's silly nonsense. People love pulling up Nostradamus. I find it hilarious. Okay, we don't know what's going to happen. If you're a smart person, you'd take precautions to make sure that regardless of what happens, you'll be okay. Don't waste your money on ridiculous things. Don't build a 30-year nuclear bunker. Well, I mean, if you can, but, uh, you know, decide for yourself what's right for you and your family. Hopefully tomorrow the oil keeps, uh, the gas keeps flowing. I think it will. But we'll see if, if, if Putin is going to call their bluff or they're going to call his. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all then. If you voted for Joe Biden, I ask you to please watch this video. If you didn't vote for Joe Biden, I ask you to just share this video because this is it. This is what you need to understand. Oil prices fall as Biden weighs releasing 180 million barrels from reserves in desperate attempt to lower fuel prices. Joe Biden, the Biden administration, they are planning to dump 31% of our strategic petroleum reserve because of high gas prices. Why are the gas prices so high? A combination of things, some of which is what's happening in Ukraine, obviously. 
There's also Biden shutting down Keystone, which caused speculative drive, meaning that when they announce they're going to be shutting down infrastructure in terms of oil and crude transportation, speculators, investors and companies then expect that in the future, without this development, supply will not meet demand, causing massive uh, price increases. This this causes a speculative increase. Blame those people. Absolutely. But of course, the Biden administration knew this was a potentiality. They've also banned fracking on public lands, which is also restricting the ability of uh, oil production here in the U.S. We were a net uh, oil exporter under Trump. That is no longer the case here. And there are a lot of factors there. I'm not trying to just make make it seem like Biden is to blame for literally everything. There's war. There's uh, OPEC nations. There's oil profits. All of that stuff plays a role. But if anyone's telling you it's any one thing or you you hear from the left, it's because of oil profits and you'll hear from the right, it's all Biden's fault. Well, it's partly Biden's fault. Oil profits do play a role, but it's not so simple. All of this is interconnected. In my opinion, I think that Joe Biden and the Democrats want chaos in Eastern Europe and the Middle East because they're trying to build oil pipelines. So this is this is the please, please hear me out to all of these Biden voters. Joe Biden shuts down Keystone XL. Why? Legitimate question for for all of you. Why do you think he did it? Keystone was not delivering crude. Okay. The Democrats, the United States, the, the CIA, all of the special interests in this country wanted to build what's called the Qatar Turkey pipeline through Qatar, Turkey, Syria into Europe to offset Russia's Gazprom oil monopoly. And Gazprom runs a major line through Ukraine. You see how this is all interconnected. Why shut down oil production or transportation in the United States and then fight wars to get a pipeline in the Middle East? Now, under Donald Trump, something happened. For all of the things you can, there's a lot to complain about with Donald Trump. Don't get me wrong. I complain about him quite a bit. But Donald Trump was crushing ISIS. Donald Trump was de-escalating tensions between Russia. Of course, you can look at the establishment narrative, I suppose, and say Trump was a Russian asset. It's just nonsensical and stupid and has no bearing on what's happening. ISIS was crushed. Syria was stabilizing. You see, the Biden administration, Democrats, Barack Obama, George W. Bush, going back the military industrial complex, they want that oil pipeline, man. But not here in the U.S. And now our prices are going nuts. Everything we're seeing with Syria and Ukraine, it's related. And Trump had nothing to do with it other than getting our troops out of there and saying, why are we wasting money on this? Shore up America's resources and defenses. But call it fascist, call it whatever you want, because now we're seeing Joe Biden weighing, get, dumping 31 percent. And do you know what this means? One week. Let me just show you. In 2021, the U.S. consumed an average about 19.78 million barrels of petroleum per day. This was an increase in consumption, about 1.6 million. Let me let me tell you right off the bat, we got to get off our addiction to oil. Hands down. We need solar. We need wind. We need large storage facilities. We need geothermal. We need tidal energy. And that means we can start building all of this stuff now, and we should. We should be doing research into it. We should be heavily investing in fusion technology because we're getting close, it feels like. But being dependent upon this uh, high energy output resource, fossil fuels, is putting us in danger. Nuclear energy is also a very, very excellent uh, uh, option. 
Now, we were going to have to use fossil fuels for heating, for uh, transportation. But if we can, we can dramatically reduce our consumption on, uh, on fossil fuels if we shift to electricity generation through renewable renewables and uh, uh, and then we get all the climate change people on board too because even nuclear energy's got no carbon emissions right that's what we need to do but right now man it's going to negatively impact everybody you're going to see let, let me just let, let me show you man inflation has lessons for a very entitled generation says blackrock co-founder yeah the company that's making it worse is telling you it's going to get even worse so I hope you're paying attention to what it means when 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 Joe Biden says 31 percent of, of, of our reserves are going to go out to stave off high prices for nine days. Nine. The Strategic Petroleum Reserve ain't that big. Now, I want to I want to get into all this, but I'm going to do a shout out right now because uh, let me just say one thing. The ruble has recovered. The sanctions, in my opinion, did not work to stop Russia. Even even the Biden administration is now saying they weren't supposed to deter him or anything like that. Russia has just jumped and become independent. They're now selling oil in rubles. They're doing deals with India and, and China. Saudi Arabia is talking about selling oil uh, to, uh, to China for yuan. This could be the end of the American empire. I'm sure a lot of people probably like the idea, but it means your life will get bad or will get worse. So I want to do a quick shout out today for safeandreadymeals.com. That's right, Tim Poole shilling for emergency food buckets. Uh, this past month, man, I've, I've shouted out Safe and Ready Meals more times than I've ever done. And it's because th- it's kind of crazy. Things keep getting worse. You know, I said last year, I was like, look, there's chicken shortages. Prices are going up. Consider having an emergency food supply because sometimes it rains and you get stranded or you get locked in your house or the power goes out. Have a, have a way to, to, to get some food and you can at safeandreadymeals.com. Full disclosure, sponsored spot. Buying from them helps support our work and our show. But, um, you know, as much as I don't like just shouting, I don't, I don't do a lot of ads, uh, shout outs for safe and ready meals. It's because I, I genuinely believe it's important. And considering we just keep getting more and more news about how, how it's getting worse. When BlackRock's co-founder or CEO, whatever comes out and says, we've, you, you've, ne- you'll, you'll, you've never seen anything like this. Buckle up and get ready. That's what they're saying. I'm like, okay. Consider safe and ready meals if you want to have this stuff. 25-year shelf life. You put it in your closet. You forget about it. And uh, just make sure you're taking care of yourself, your friends, your family. I'm not telling you to build a bunker and hide 30 years worth of beans. It's one bucket. You can get one month supply for 300 bucks. 300, like seriously, four-week emergency food supply with 2,000 calories per day. It lasts 25 years. And you get two buckets. Like I just want to point out, like the buckets are buckets. We use them as trash bins. Like after you, you got a bucket. It's fantastic. Consider it. Do what you want to do for yourself. And let's talk about what's happening with oil. The Biden administration is considering releasing up to 180 million barrels of oil over several months from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Over several months. Okay, okay, okay. All right. The White House is desperately looking at options to lower fuel prices. The move would mark the third time the U.S. has tapped its strategic reserves in the past six months. This is the largest release in the near 50 year history. So far, they have not managed to lower prices as world demand has nearly reached pre-pandemic levels. Oil prices have surged since Russia invaded Ukraine. Brent crude, the world benchmark, soared to 139 earlier this month, the highest since 08, and was near 110 in Asian trading on Thursday. Joe Biden will deliver remarks on Thursday on his administration's actions, the White House said. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you 
the official strategicpetroleumreserve.gov website. It's spr.doe.gov. The total amount of sweet uh, oil, 249.8 million, and sour is 318.5 for a total of 568.3 million barrels. 568.3 million barrels. That means Joe Biden is talking about dumping 31% of our strategic oil reserve for what, nine days worth of uh, relief? Now, granted, they want to do it slowly over several months, but um, the strategic petroleum reserve was supposed to be for, you know, war. And I guess that's what's happening. But it really seems like what Joe Biden is doing is tapping into our emergency rainy day fund because he looks bad. And look, gas prices are really high. But is that a reason to to dump 31% of our reserves? I'll put it this way. Let's say that um, you have an emergency rainy day fund in your bank. You know, your bank, you got maybe a couple hundred bucks to a thousand bucks saved up. And you're like, this is for emergencies. We don't touch it. Maybe, maybe, maybe some of you have more than that. Maybe you're a little older and you saved up a couple grand. One day, you know, you're, uh, you're, you're, trying to buy food and you notice the food prices have gone up and you say, well, I don't want my, my, you know, my wife's angry. My family, they're getting angry because, you know, they, they see the receipts. They see how much we're spending. I got an idea. I'll buy some of this with the rainy day fund. That way it seems like a checking account isn't that low. That's what it basically feels like. Perhaps people are going to have to pay higher gas prices and dipping into our emergency reserves at a time when there's fears of nuclear war in World War III is one of the dumbest things you can do. But hey, look, man, far be it for me to, to point that out, I guess. Let me just stress that again. Do you think NATO could get involved in a, in a ground war with Russia? It's entirely possible, isn't it? Now we're hearing good news in that troops are pulling back from Kiev. Ukraine says they're just repositioning. Vladimir Putin's apparently fled to a nuclear bunker, and there are people saying, ah, oh, they're going to do a nuclear war. Vladimir Putin may have already been in the nuclear bunker. They may be retreating from Kiev because Kiev is, is accepting defeat. Or maybe Russia's losing. Maybe things are de-escalating. Or maybe Russia is getting ready for uh, some kind of tactical nuclear strike, nuclear artillery. We learned the other day that two, two fighter jets that Russia deployed that, it, that entered Swedish airspace, violated the airspace, were armed with nuclear weapons. Now, I'm not saying nuclear war is possible. But yo, do you really need to be trying to earn favor with people at a time like this? Now, perhaps it's naive of me. Perhaps the attempt from Joe Biden to lower prices, which isn't really working, is because he wants to make sure the economy keeps churning. Because if we go to war, you need people to be able to keep working. But wouldn't it make more sense than to uh, save your emergency supply if a war were to break out? I think, in, look, in my opinion, Joe Biden is doing this because he's, he, his approval ratings in the gutter, because people are complaining they're, un, they're unhappy. We have this from Yahoo Finance. What President Biden releasing oil from the reserves may mean for gas prices. They say conceptually, such a release would help the oil market rebalancing in 2022, increasing supply by 1 million barrels per day for six months. For example, this would reduce the amount of necessary price-induced demand destruction. The sole oil rebalancing mechanism currently available in a world devoid of inventory buffers and blah, 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 blah. Okay, you know what, man? Oil prices have come off their highs around 140 a barrel. 
We use in the U.S. just about 20 million barrels per day. And you think releasing 1 million bar- one millions barrels, I put an S on it, 1 million barrels per day for six months is going to have an impact on that? We, 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 sure, we're going to offset, what, 5% of our costs? Now, perhaps dumping this supply into the oil market will, co- will try and for- is an attempt to force prices to go down. Because if we release this uh, strategic oil, you know, we can sell it at, at, at cheaper rates, causing competition with these other, uh, you know, uh, countries. And then maybe they'll be forced to lower their prices or whatever. Ultimately, I just don't see that happening. It's not a substantive de- uh, increase in oil availability. A million, mails per, a million barrels per day. How much does the world use? No, I think this is Joe Biden trying to make it look like he's doing something, giving temporary relief, and ultimately it's just going to backfire and blow up in all of our faces. You want to know how, why I think that? Fortune reports, Russia's ruble has almost totally recovered. Does that mean sanctions aren't working? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So um, the propaganda, the media, everybody came out. And was making fun of Russia because the ruble was in the gutter. And they were like, hi, if you get fined in, in, in you know, a million rubles, it's going to be 10 cents soon. It's recovered. Almost totally. It's actually gone a little bit up from where it was. All the sanctions have done is made Russia more resilient and has given them leverage and taken away our leverage. It was stupid. Unless you're trying to tank the United States, because now Russia's got their own payment system. They're building that up with China. You've created incentive for Russia and China to just dump the petrodollar. Here we go. The Russian ruble by Wednesday had bounced back from the fall it took after the U.S. and European allies moved to bury the Russian economy. That failed. Russian President Vladimir Putin has resorted to extreme financial measures to blunt the West's penalties. While the West has imposed unprecedented levels of sanctions against the Russian economy, Russia's central bank has jacked up interest rates to 20%, and the Kremlin has imposed strict capital controls on those wishing to exchange their rubles for dollars or euros. It's a monetary defense Putin may not be able to sustain a long-term, uh, as long-term sanctions weigh down the Russian economy. I don't agree. I think this is just wishful thinking. When Russia is announcing they're going to be selling oil in rubles to adversarial nations, then countries are going to have to buy Russian uh, uh, currency— they're basically saying we have to invest in your economy, Vladimir Putin. That's good for them. It was good for us when we controlled the petrodollar. China's now going to be doing the, the exact same thing. The ruble was trading at roughly 85 to the U.S. dollar, roughly where it was before Russia started the invasion. Speaking to Norway's parliament on Wednesday, Ukraine's president urged Western allies to inflict still greater financial pain on Russia. The only means of urging Russia to look for peace are sanctions. That's just not true. It's just not, not, not what's going to happen. Seeking Alpha. Talk about some amazing reporting. Russia's three-step program to put the ruble on a gold standard. Oh, man. This is going to get interesting. Step one, offer a premium fixed price for gold to domestic Russian banks who can't sell their gold internationally due to sanctions. 
encouraging domestic gold flows into Bank of Russia. Strengthen the ruble internationally <clears throat> by insisting on energy payments in rubles, turning fixed price into premium international uh, into a premium internationally as well, encouraging international gold flow into Russia. Three, turn the ruble into a credible gold substitute at a fixed rate. The 5,000 ruble window closes June 30th. Does Russia declare the ruble convertible to gold after that at what rate? Rather than speculate on the ruble, just buy the gold. The idea was discussed in more depth with members of my private investing community, the Endgame Investor. A lot of people are speculating this is, this is the move Russia is going to be making. First, buy the domestic Russian gold supply. Next, strengthen the ruble and drain gold from the West. Finally, turn the ruble into a gold substitute. They say Russia eventually needs to sell gold at some point uh, to get stuff it needs, but Russia can do this without actually moving any of its gold. How so? It can simply declare the ruble a hard gold substitute at a fixed exchange rate. In other words, a gold standard. But before it does that, it first must make sure it has required reserves if tested, which is now uh, which it's now doing by splitting the arbitrage offered by Western powers that have sanctioned its gold and cut it off from global markets. The Bank of Russia must also make sure its monetary policy is tight enough, now at 20% interest rates to hold the line. Then it can insist on payments for Russian commodities in rubles, now hard gold substitutes. This is amazing. That will effectively stabilize the Russian currency against gold. And gold, you're not sanctioning gold. This is fascinating. Fiat currency, currency backed by your faith in government. If Russia says, uh, no, our ruble is backed by gold, so you can redeem it for gold. Well, now the ruble will be trading internally backed by this hard asset. Getting off the gold standard was a big gambit. And we thought we could do it because we were floating, right? This fiat currency. It, everybody had confidence in it. When the West comes to try and shake confidence in the ruble, they need only be like, yeah, it's worth gold. Now, you may have, let's say you have, you have a billion dollars worth of gold sitting in reserves that anybody can go and exchange at any time. For the average person who's working, there's, there's 10 billion rubles in circulation, which means there's not enough gold to pay out the rubles. But the rubles represent their true value in gold. And most people aren't going to rush to the bank to take the gold out. You see why the gold standard will work or could work. There's a lot of issues. A run on the banks could cause problems, but the Russian government can just put restrictions. It's, it's, not, the same, it's, it's not the same as it used to be. They have centralized banking. They have currency controls. Not that I'm saying it's perfect. There's pitfalls. But the general idea is you're walking around with pieces of paper that are, that are actually going to be backed by something of value and so you don't care what the sanctions against Russia are because you know, well, if the Russian if the Russian government can't handle it, at least I'll get my gold back. And what does Joe Biden have to offer us? They're pushing Russia in this direction. They've they've made Russia more resilient. They made them stronger, and it seems like we're the ones panicking. Now we can't buy oil from Russia. So what do we do? We dump 31% of our reserves. Granted, I I assume we're not going to be be replenishing those reserves as we're dumping the oil, that makes no sense. Yeah. Now we can see that uh, something big is coming. A lesson for a very entitled generation, says BlackRock co-founder. For the first time, this generation is going to go into a store and not be able to get what they want, said the co-founder of the world's biggest asset manager. And we have a very entitled generation that has never had to sacrifice. You know, part of me looks forward to that. I know that most of you understand hard work and hardship and are willing to do what it takes to survive. 
Man, but I see this story and part of me is like, it's about time the millennial generation and many Gen Xers or Xennials, whatever you want to call them, understood what it means to actually have to survive. That you can't walk into a store and just get a pizza. That you don't get to have a job getting paid $60,000 a year because you write celebrity gossip. You're going to have to actually contribute to society. Truth be told, you know, what show do I, it's, 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 I take issue with a lot of how our economy works, to be completely honest. And I always have, ever since I was a little kid. I never understood why it was that a baseball player got paid more than a firefighter. Just didn't understand it. Firefighters risk their lives. Baseball players play a game. How is it? How is it that I make more money complaining about my feelings on the internet than you do as someone who's actually fixing roads and building structures? Yeah, I certainly take issue with, uh, uh, with how economics works, but... You know, it's the system. It's, 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 it is what it is. You know, doing a show like this isn't uh, something, you know, as simple as I do my show. It's not the most expensive thing. I got started with just a, a GoPro. I would put it on top of my monitor and press record and then I would upload it. Seriously, that's what I was doing. So I certainly take issue with a lot of what's going on. But I'm also cognizant of these facts that the computers and cameras I use are, are built from, by cheap indentured servitude or, or, or slave labor in Southeast Asia, that the clothes I wear are much the same, that I'd prefer to buy everything American, but the, the global economy has been built this way over several decades, namely by establishment uniparty politicians. My, my, in my world, I would say firefighters, EMTs, I'd say police officers, they're all getting paid way more money. I'd say that people who are doing uh, you know, trade work, and actually maintaining this country, farmers making way more money. Instead, entitled generation. In New York, how many people work for these media companies where it's like, I didn't have an article today, so I didn't write one, and then they get paid 600 bucks anyway. That's just insane to me. Can you think, of, can you think, can you just think about that? There are people who get paid 300 to 500 bucks a day to literally write clickbait trash about celebrities. Because it works. Influence and attention economy. It's a scary thought. That's where we're going. When people live in digital spaces and on the internet, the economy is going to be a attention economy. So it's just going to be waving your arms in the air as hard as you can to make money. And that's, that's what we're happening. That's happening. People are going to have to understand what it means to work hard. That's what's coming. But you know what? Uh, the good news is most of those people who don't understand it are the ones who vote for Biden. So look, you want to keep voting for free stuff? You're voting for no stuff. Whatever, man. I'm willing to go out and grow uh, some vegetables and farm. We got chickens. I go out. You hear me yelling at them every day over at Chicken City. I'm ready to work hard. I've always worked hard. And if everything just hit the fan, I'd have no problem going out, farming, foraging, hunting. And in, in fact, I got to be honest, it sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like a lot of fun to try and wire solar panels to get electricity because, you know, in a certain sense, a post-apocalyptic world would be fun. However, I think most of you realize we live in absolute luxury and we wouldn't want to give it up. Maybe it's fun to spend a weekend camping and, go, you know, go to a survival camp where you work hard and, and enjoy yourself as you try and sort things through, but uh, only for a couple days because eventually hardship is hard and winter is coming. But I'll tell you, my friends, winter is coming. You can see it right here. Thanks, Joe. So maybe safeandreadymeals.com can help you out. Maybe you've already got your stuff. Do what you got to do. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. MSNBC is getting roasted on Twitter. 
because they claimed that President Biden has a low approval rating despite a booming economy. That's right. I remember such great booming economies as the Clinton era when we had to tap into 31% of our strategic oil reserve because prices were so high. There were labor shortages, food shortages. I remember the booming economy of Joe Biden saying just a week or so ago that there's going to be major food shortages. I remember the booming economy of the BlackRock co-founder and president saying, strap in boys because it's going to get really bad. We are going to see something we've never seen before. I am sick of people eating up this psychotic garbage. Now, I can only complain about it, I suppose, but complaining about this garbage media lies, MSNBC and CNN, is sort of countering this. You know, I can certainly talk about cultural issues. We complain about what's going on with schools, and we work towards building culture, right? We, we, we don't want to just be complaining, but this right here, this complaining, this actually is doing something about it. So you know what you can do? Share this. Let people know how how insane is it? Here's the tweet. MSNBC says President Biden's approval rating has fallen to lowest of his lowest level of his presidency despite booming economy, according to new NBC News poll. Booming economy? Man, you know, I oppose violence, but some things just make you really want to slap a person like Will Smith, right? Nah, but you don't want to go hitting people just because they're liars and they're evil people. But how do we how do we how do we deal with this? Serious question. Comment below. Give me your answers. Give me your thoughts. You have legitimately evil people. They lie every day. And maybe the reality is it's yin yang, right? For every person who tries to just say, I'm going to let you guys live the way you want to live. For every person who says that you should know the truth so you can make proper decisions, you get this. And people believe it. Oh, man. Booming was trending on Twitter Wednesday afternoon as people roasted MSNBC for tweeting uh, just that. The tweet linked to a clip from the Mehdi Hassan show that asserted the U.S. economy is growing at the fastest rate since 1987. Hassan was discussing a new national NBC News poll which found that Biden's overall job approval rating had plummeted to 40 percent, the lowest point since he took office. What does that have to do with the economy? Why would they link these two things together? They're trying to make it seem like you're the smart one. Everyone else is stupid because we know the economy is doing well. Oh, it must be those darn right wingers. Hassan was discussing the poll. Watch this. Uh, watch uh, what this poll says is that President Biden and Democrats are headed for a catastrophic election. Pollster Bill McInturf of public opinion strategy, one of the groups who conducted the survey, told NBC News. The poll found that 71 percent of Americans said they believe the nation is headed on the wrong track. 62% of respondents said their family incomes are falling behind the cost of living. 31% said they're staying even. 6% said going up faster than the cost of living. Rapid inflation and supply chain shortages are forcing Americans to pay more for everything from rent to gas to food. And Twitter users were quick to point out to the uh, point that out to the tone deaf network. You got cat turd. If by booming economy you mean economic disaster. Yes, it's booming. Booming as in exploding. Sure. Booming like a plane crash or train derailing. One user responded. They responded. Stick sex and hammer with the economy is not booming. LOL. Just keep it simple. Keep it simple. Sticks. Crash said for those struggling, struggling to get by in an inflationary economy. This is an incredibly tone deaf take. Look at this from Bloomberg. Almost 20 percent. I believe it's Bloomberg of, of U.S. households lost entire savings during covid. Man. Someone said that's because booming economy is a lie for most people. 
Any wage gains we've seen have been wiped out by inflation. Unemployment doesn't measure people kicked off unemployment or in prison. Child poverty increased 40% in January alone. Healthcare is skyrocketing. I am just so tired of all of this. Well, I do have good news. Good news. CNN employees expect layoffs due to lackluster launch of new streaming service. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good. I can't wait to see Brian Stelter and Oliver Darcy standing on the side of the road with signs saying, we'll we'll lie for cash. The network continues to struggle in the wake of its internal scandals and a significant decline in viewership. Good. You see this, TimCast.com? Hey, head over to TimCast.com, become a member if you would like to support our work so that as CNN crumbles beneath the weight of their own incompetence and deceit, TimCast.com grows and expands every day. We just brought on a a couple new people. We've got more people joining soon. The expansion is beauteous. And I thank all of you sincerely from the bottom of my heart, because when I when I watch this stuff, when I see CNN, it's just grown. It's increasingly infuriating. And I know all of you feel the same way. And that's the one thing that really does bring us together. Just the, the calling out the lies. You know, it's funny when they call my channels right wing because the real theme of my channel has always been media criticism. And that's why we launched uh, a couple other shows. I mean, you know, Cast Castle is just shenanigans. Tales from the Inverted World is in murder, mystery, paranormal, pop culture. Crisis is just pop culture because we want to make something. We want to we want to as we watch the the uh, I don't know, what do you call it? The zombified corpse of CNN staggering about, propped up by investment that want the brand. I'm just happy to see layoffs are coming to these people. And if you work for CNN, oh, I want you to know. I want you to know we're celebrating over here. We're going to get a cake. We're going to get a big cake and we're going to write CNN sucks on it. And then we're going to get a bunch of beers and we're all going to celebrate good times. Come on. I'll tell you why. There have been a lot of people who have pointed out that it's bad that CNN uh, staffers are getting laid off. But if you are a cog in this machine, this disgusting, deceptive machine that assisted in the in the Hunter Biden cover up, CNN admits Hunter Biden's laptop is authentic 532 days after initial reporting. You go down with your ship. If there is a ship off starboard and it's firing cannons at my ship. And you're on the boat going, hey, don't look at me. I'm just cleaning the floors. I'll be like, well, you're going down with the ship too, buddy. Now y'all can stage a mutiny. You can be like, hey, stop firing those cannons. But you don't. CNN, MSNBC are garbage networks. And they're run by garbage people. People who lie, cheat, and steal all day, every day. Run by. Not every single person there is trash, but many of them are. Charles Gasparino says breaking CNN plus employees bracing for layoffs possibly as soon as May amid projections of lackluster sales of new streaming channel. CNN employees say new streaming channel could be merged into larger Discovery Plus as early as May unless subscriptions pick up. Why would someone subscribe to CNN's trash garbage? I don't know. Why would someone subscribe to TimCast.com? Could it be that we have this video here? in which the thumbnail depicts Lauren Southern wielding a mall sword, discussing uh, uh, countries denying black people refugee access during the Ukraine crisis, talking about flat earth, and Lauren has a sword. That's what it was. Yeah, um, I think it's authenticity. It's reality. 
It's why Russell Brand has been doing so well as of late with his podcast. It's why Joe Rogan does so well. The other night we had Robbie Starbuck on the show. He's running for Congress in Tennessee. And he said that uh, out of all the shows he's done, he gets recognized more from being on TimCast IRL. And there's probably two big reasons for this. The first, maybe we're just more relevant to the, the, the rising generation, though we don't have certainly the viewership of many of these show, uh, networks, more relevant. But more importantly, a two-hour long-form authentic conversation where you get to know people better, where you get to really understand what they mean when they say something. And on TimCast IRL, you can ask questions via Super Chat for clarifications or correct us when we're wrong. CNN, top-down garbage that deserves to be washed away. According to the Washington Post, the launch of the service is the most significant investment in new programming since they launched in 1980. They reportedly invested $100 million into the streaming service. Oh, you love to see it. You know, these people like Brian Stelter, they'll fill up. I don't know about Stelter, though. I mean, he was in the New York Times before he was at uh, CNN. So we'll see how things play out. CNN's owner, Warner Media, has been working on the service's launch since the summer of 2021. When the media giant is offering the streaming service for five, uh, they say while it was offering the streaming service for five ninety nine per month, a discounted price of two ninety nine per month was offered on its first day. CNN hired Chris Wallace, formerly of Fox News, to host an interview show entitled "Who's Talking to Chris Wallace?" Four days a week, more like "Who's Watching Chris Wallace?" <laughs> Am I right? I want to teach you guys something about influence. I remember I was uh, I had a meeting with Full Screen. And, you know, I was talking about launching my YouTube channels very early on. And um, what I was told was you got to do a vlog or some kind of conversation. There are paths to success, playing video games, playing music. And what what all these networks found was that if you are a big brand with a with a broadcast style approach, you have no influence. That is to say, if you do authentic conversations where you're actually talking with your audience, they're commenting or you're doing super chats, that's what is working. And this was like, man, when was this? Seven or eight years ago, maybe, maybe six years ago, because I was working. I ended up working for Fusion. And so, you know, I was told outright, don't do music like for YouTube. Music is something else. Video games, movies. You need to have a conversation with people. That's what's working. CNN isn't that. I'll tell you what CNN is. CNN is a suit-wearing elitist who says, we're better than you and we know it. And when you write in and when you say, hey, that's not true, they laugh at you. They don't book people on the right or anti-establishment voices. They won't do it. Because they know they'll lose control of their narrative and they're really just trying to extract as much value from you as possible. They're going to say other notable streaming hosts include Casey Hunt from MSNBC, author and chef Alison Roman, and actress Eva Longoria, who will host a travel show dedicated to Mexican cuisine. Also, former All Things Considered co-host Audie Cornish will host a weekly interview show. The Washington Post reported the service aimed to attract a new and younger viewership. As of May 2021, the median age of CNN viewer was 64. Wow, the median age for us over at Timcast IRL, I think, is like 35. It might be 30. I think 35, maybe a little bit higher than that, but around 35 is like my age, basically, right? That makes sense. But we do have um, a large portion of our viewers are 18 to 24. According to a report from Forbes, 
CNN's average primetime audience among the key demographic valued by advertisers ages 25 to 54 was only 126,000. It's kind of crazy that um, Timcast IRL beats their average primetime. We beat CNN's average primetime audience. This represents a 69% drop from the same period last year. The network has continued to battle a drop in ratings after a series of scandals. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know all about that, all about that. Look at that. CNN finally now coming out and saying the Hunter Biden laptop is real. You know what? I spit in your general direction, CNN. It took you this long, and this is why people despise you. This is why people just can't stand you. This is why you're losing support. You know, I suppose I can put it this way. I don't need to be angry. I don't need to be frustrated by this because we're winning. And time will tell. Colbert gets big ratings. Look at that. Colbert says Fox News' deuce should be slapped like Chris Rock. What a scumbag. You know, look, I can rag on, on Ron Perlman, but not call for violence thinking it's funny. These people disgust me. But the most important thing is that Ducey asked Biden about chemical weapon use. And, and Colbert is just a piece of trash. I'm so sick of all of this. I wish we were debating the merits, but we are not. We are not debating the merits. CNN is refusing to deny reports there will be job cuts as soon as May. Due to low subscriptions just a day after the streaming service launched, they won't even deny it. Good riddance to a bad problem. I saw this tweet from Brian Stelter. He said, all right, Animal Twitter, what is this little rascal and why is it clinging to my farmhouse door and clicking its teeth? Ugh. It's a bat, Brian. It's a bat. Now, look, maybe it's not a bat. I'm not, I'm not an animal expert, I suppose, but seriously, dude, it looks like a bat. It's probably a bat. I'll reserve the possibility that I might be wrong, but pretty sure it's a bat. Looks like it has wings. I just think it's silly. You see these posts from people like Brian Stelter, and they don't live in the real world. You look at these posts like, you know, uh, Brian's wife, WTF, I'm disturbed. People are saying like, that's a bat, that's a bat. It's clicking for echolocation, like obviously a bat. This is horrifying. These are the people who run these, these networks. Shocked and terrified of a bat. Have you never been to the suburbs, dude? <clears throat> when I lived in the suburbs of Philly, we had bats flying around all the time. We went to this tunnel in Western Maryland, I think it was, or maybe it was West Virginia. And it's like this famous, really, really long tunnel, which was like a canal for shipping stuff. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. There are bats hanging upside down in there because it was really dark. Because, you know, bats, nocturnal, whatever. I don't know or care about, you know, Brian Souther's bat problem. I just think it's silly that here's a guy who, who is an elitist, who is arrogant as they come, and he does not know what a bat is. He does not know that bats, you know, echolocation, it's like sonar or whatever. I'm not a bat expert, man. But um, it's just indicative of almost like these people are unworldly. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Unworldly. Like they've not read or seen anything. They just sit in a room and they're shocked by basic things. 
Jonathan Turley says, so the New York Times and Post received Pulitzers for reporting on the false Russian collusion story. They now admit the Biden laptop story was true. So will the New York Post receive a Pulitzer after standing up to them and social media companies to run a true story? How about this? Are they going to take the, sto- uh, the, the Pulitzers back? No. Imagine winning an award from your friends and having people believe it. It's enough, enough, enough. Pulitzers, toilet paper. That's what they are. Toilet paper. So many people, they had no, no interest in the, the, the reason things were valuable. Just wanted it. So you have a generation, millennials and Gen, uh, and Gen X, who are raised on this, get that Pulitzer Prize, not knowing what the Pulitzer Prize is for and what it means. So it's handed out like toilet paper. I mean, actually, toilet paper is probably more valuable because of the shortages coming and the shortages we've already experienced. Imagine this. What if, you know, I did this joke on IRL. I was like, I hereby award Seamus the, ca- the first uh, uh, annual Casty Award. Congratulations. It's so dumb. You know what? We'll do an award ceremony, the truthies or something, and we'll slap on like a $50,000 cash prize. How about that? You want to talk about the Pulitzer? How about we offer up? No, maybe, so maybe we won't do 50. Maybe we'll do five prizes for Pulitzer in five areas. And we'll, we'll call it, you know, the casties, and we'll give 10 grand for each one. Well, that, then will it matter? We'll put on a ceremony and we'll live stream it. And basically what we'll be doing is awarding money to people to continue to do good work. Work in truth. And sharing a, a real information. Maybe we should be investing in other media channels and startups and just, um, you're trying to grow as fast as we can. But it's not so easy. It's not so easy because... Um, you know, labor costs are really expensive. And we're at a point where we are generating a substantial amount of revenue. But in order to launch new projects, you need to find management talent, not just creative talent. This is a big lesson in media, and it's a big lesson as to why CNN's failing. Management is, uh, is, is important. Somebody who knows how to make a machine work. They need to be a jack of all trades, perhaps a master of none, but every so often better than a master of one. That is to say, they don't need to know how to make the show, but they need to know the basics of a show so that they can look at it and say, oh, you guys missed this one thing. And then for marketing, we got to do this. And titling has to be like that. If you have a little bit of those skills, then you can be a good project manager. So we have these projects. Cast Castle, Tales from the Inverted World, Pop Culture Crisis, and not Chicken City. Chicken City is just our live chicken feed because we're trying to just, uh, I, I will say, good breaking, breaking news, Chicken City is profitable. Because we launched this little treat machine, and if you give $5 Super Chats or more, treats come out. And the next thing we're launching is a meter. Once $100 in Super Chats is met, a chicken party triggers, and it plays a dance song of chickens balking, and lights will flash. That's what we're working on. We're working on that because we want to be eclectic. We want to have a a, a variety of content styles, and we want to make a media company that makes money, and we want to do it in non-traditional ways. That's the problem with people like CNN. They try to hide behind uh, with, with people, people like the, the executives at CNN or groups like, the CNN, like CNN. They try to hide behind legacy and laurel. And it doesn't work. You're fake. You're plastic. We're done with it. It's time for something else. Conversations. Timcast IRL does way better than these channels. Timcast, Tim Pool and Timcast. Well, I'll put it this way. Each individual video I have here averages like 200 to 300,000 views I'm on, on, my, on my Tim Pool channel. It's similar, depending on if, you know, I, I cover a subject people don't care about, which happens. It could be like, you know, just 200 or whatever. Tim Kestarl clips 
get uh, 20 or, you know, 22, even sometimes 300,000. It varies wildly because we talk about a bunch of different things. But the show itself with uh, YouTube, live viewership and podcast is about 600 to 700,000 per episode. And that's 600 or so thousand in the key demo. Actually, no, I think all of it's the key demo. Uh, I think there's only like 20 or 30,000 not in the key demo. So we are absolutely crushing these ratings. And that's probably why, you know, Robbie Starbucks said that he gets recognized more from IRL than going on Fox News. Because when you're walking around, you're not likely going to see someone who's 64 years old. Fox News has more millennial viewers for sure, like Tucker, for instance. But when you walk around, you're going to see a lot more millennials and younger people who are more familiar with the work we're doing. So I'll wrap it up there just with that point that we can be frustrated and tired of CNN, but their ship is sinking and we should we should just be happy. So you know what? We're going to get a cake. We're going to get a cake. I'm going to put CNN sucks on it. Good riddance to a bad problem. And uh, we'll have a party. And if you work for CNN and you know what they do and you've not tried to leave and find a better job, well, you're going down with the ship, buddy. You had every chance to leave, to try and find a way to leave. Maybe it wasn't easy. The economy's in really bad shape. So you held on as long as you could, and now you're done. And good riddance to a bad problem. CNN should have ended a long time ago. The only thing they have to offer now is Orange Man bad, but the Orange Man ain't even here yet. CNN will try to hold out until Trump comes back when they start vomiting all over themselves about how Trump is awful, but sure, whatever. Hopefully by then they've laid everybody off. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.